from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Baby bag dough, baby fall off. Sipping codeine cause I gotta kill a cow. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. <laughs> Now it's time to go to work. There's not one guy in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. There's the blitz. Touchdown, Lehman. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Williams got him on the blitz. Lehman on the pick. OU is going to win it again. Peterson's got it. He's got a first down and more. High step and touchdown, Adrian Peterson. You're listening to Brandon Drum. Look, I think the program's moving in a great direction. And Parker Thune. Venables knows what he's doing. This is the OU Insider Under the Visor podcast. to another OU Insider Under the Visors Sooners podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune. And we're here to talk some Oklahoma football and recruiting. Off-season does not exist. It does not exist. In this world of... Uh, it just doesn't exist anymore. Like, there used to be, like, this dead period, Parker, where college football went away to obscurity for, like three or four months spring showed up for practices and games and then it died off again well that's not how it works anymore not in today's world parker you you have to be pay attention you have to pay attention to college football 24 7 365 or you get left behind which is quite convenient for our VIPs on OUinsider.com, Brandon, yes, because we are keeping them up to speed 24-7, 365 on all of the happenings as it pertains to Oklahoma football and recruiting. We're keeping up with everything 24-7 on 24-7 sports. That is a weird thing to do. Anyways, we're going to talk about some off-season. No, I'm joking. We, we will. We're going to talk about some off-season uh testing in this episode we're going to talk about some i guess what we've heard a little bit behind the scenes we're going to talk about a big junior day that's coming up on january 28th which will be this weekend uh we'll talk a little bit about ou alabama and the reason why we're going to talk about ou alabama is because if you want to help ou in recruiting all you fans out there in the world guess what you should do parker what should they do probably show up to the game that all the recruits are going to be at as i mentioned on the on the live stream last night i get that basketball is not (laughs) they're not playing fantastic right now i i don't know i don't know if they're even playing well but hey at the very least show up for michael hawkins stay for basketball Show up for because Michael Hawkins and watch Tanner Groves foul out and get pushed around for every rebound. Nobody hates Tanner Groves more than Brandon Drum. I think that I, is certifiable. I don't hate. Okay, can before we get, I don't hate him. I just think that he gets pushed. Does he not get pushed around on defense and rebounds? How many times do they lose? He's a post player. Well, he's not really. He's not he's really not, a post player. No, he's not a post player, but he has to play the post because they have no one else that's his size. But his, he's, it's like he hasn't touched a weight. He's got the dad. He's, he literally has the dad bod. And I, I think it's the coolest thing ever that he has the dad bod. But at the same time, it's frustrating to watch because, like, I don't cover the basketball team. So I actually get to be a fan a little bit 
with the basketball. And I took my kids to the last game, home game against Baylor. They were up the whole game. Oh, he was up the whole game. They blew the lead because they couldn't get, they could, Baylor got, I don't know how many offensive boards in the, in the last 10 minutes. And I watched Porter Moser yell and scream at everybody and he pulls everybody out. Groves? Nah, man. He gets pushed around and he just huffs and puffs and storms and screams, walks back to the corner of the, the end of the bench, stands there for a little bit, walks back, and lets him continue to play. At what point do you pull him out and say, bro, you're you're going to sit right here until you start getting a board? The little guys are getting boards over you. Yeah, but... Again, it goes back to the fact that I think both Groves and Jalen Hill are playing out of position because no Porter doubt, doesn't no have doubt, but, anybody bigger. But Hill plays hard, man. Like that dude is, and he's tough down low. You know what I mean? Like you've seen him get boards. You're like, how did he get that? He had no business getting that. And I think that's my biggest frustration. I think Tanner Groves is a good player. He's obviously playing out of position. But he's gotta he's gotta get tougher on the boards. If he doesn't get tougher on the boards, then you're not even gonna make the NIT. And that's embarrassing for the university. For what they have talent on that court right now, they should be one of the top two or three teams in the Big Twelve. Mm, hard to disagree on that one because I think what it comes down to right now is lack of talent. I do not think Oklahoma has the horses right now in comparison to what they've had in years past. And you look at Bama what Bama still sits on the bench, bro. He doesn't even come in. Why? Yeah, well, that, and that's the million-dollar question. I think that's That's what I'm saying. They have people. the talent. And he showed how good he was to start the season. Then all of a sudden, he's like, no, he doesn't even play. He was scoring double uh, digits. And then he's not even playing. And again, I, like, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's probably a reason for that. I think everyone would like to know what the reason actually is because Porter yeah. really hasn't disclosed it, but there's a reason why amidst all this losing a guy like that is still sitting on the bench, Former but all conference guys. <laughs> yeah. When you look at this team, top to bottom, Elijah Harkless is averaging 16 points per game at UNLV. Yemoja Gibson's averaging 16 points per game at DePaul. Uh -huh. There's one player on this roster remaining from the Lon Kruger era and it's Jalen Hill. Everybody else is new. Right now, Porter's got a roster of transients and newcomers. That's what it amounts to. And so a year or two down the road, if this is still the same conversation we're having about Porter, then I'm going to get to the point where uh, there's I, – I feel as though the frustration from the fan base will be justified. But in year two right now, it's just not a very talented team. And when you don't have a very talented team in such a deep and talented conference as the Big 12 – you're going to get pushed around. And that's what's happening to Oklahoma. They yeah. need more size. They need more athleticism. It's going to come. I think you have two really intriguing backcourt pieces with high long-term ceilings in Milo Suzan, who's been a revelation as a freshman, and Otega Uwe. But beyond that, man, there's just there's not a lot to there's not a lot to roll with right now for Oklahoma on the hardwood. And you got some guys like Jalen Hill that are good basketball players, but by the same token, if those are the guys that you're relying on to win basketball games in the Big 12, you're probably going to be in over your head. No, I'm with you, man. Uh, I just, you know, I like Ategua Awe. I think he's going to be a good player, by the way. I think he's super talented. Um, I just, I, I also think, Grant Sherfield, he allows his frustrations of getting grabbed and pushed and pulled, and I'm sure you've seen it too, to affect his game for periods of the ball game. Like that, it sh that he needs to get mentally tougher at that. And you saw it against Kansas, but he battled through it, and they played Kansas really close. And that's the weird part is, is they played all these elite teams really close. And now all of a sudden they're folding. It's almost like they've given up because they didn't win a couple of close games. 
And that doesn't seem like a Porter Moser team. And maybe Porter Moser's checked out for Notre Dame. I don't know. Like, that's a possibility. And he fits Notre Dame from Chicago, that region, more his style of basketball. He's not going to have to, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense what I'm saying? No, it does. Um, I question whether Notre Dame is going to be willing and able to pay his $9 million buyout. That's kind of the obstacle. I'm not going to question but. Notre Dame willing to pay anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think they're rich, 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 rich. But yeah, we've kind of we've kind of buried the lead here. Yeah, there is we have. But uh, there's the our horizon. basketball talk. Yeah, we so show up to the show up to the game <laughs> this weekend, Junior Day. If you want to support the football recruits, support basketball. That that's kind of the the basketball talk right there, right? If you want to support football and recruiting, go to the basketball game. And it's a really good game. That's the number two. You're going to get to see future NBA stars on the court, literally. So why not take your kids to that ball game and have fun? That's what I would recommend. All right. Now to the real talk. Real football talk. Big junior day this weekend, Parker. Uh, the list continues to to grow on OU Insider. Um, and it is a really really strong list um well i mean i i I think where you've got to start is obviously michael hawkins is going to be there with him announcing on tuesday the 31st still as reported by you Mm -hmm. as first reported by you um, I think you have to start with him, right? Like you've got to start with yeah, Michael certainly, Hawkins. and not just him, but guys from his neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And we've talked so extensively about the Pied Piper effect that bringing in Hawkins early in the cycle could have, and a lot of those guys are going to be in town this week: Nigel Smith, Peyton Pierce, Xavier Filsamy, Eli Bowen. That north northeast side of Dallas, Jaden Hardy is another one. Aaron Flowers from out in Forney. Uh, those are the types of guys where, if you get a commitment from Michael Hawkins next Tuesday, those names are probably high on the list among those that can be expected to follow. And also another thing we talked about on the live last night is how a commitment from Hawkins in juxtaposition with the addition of Emmett Jones to this staff could have an impact on Oklahoma's ability to recruit the skill positions in the state of Texas, particularly. And with that in mind, you're thinking about another few guys that are going to be in town this week, guys like Micah Hudson from Lake Belton in Texas, Terry Bussey from Timpson, James Peoples is another running back that's going to make the trip to Norman. Caden Durham is going to be in town. Um, it's really interesting to look at the running back offer sheet in particular right now for Oklahoma in the 2024 class because Oklahoma's in a real good spot and I mean a real good spot with like five or six of those guys and this might be a one take class for DeMarco Murray you could take two but I think more likely having gotten Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuck in 22 and Dalen Smothers and Caleb Hicks in 23 this feels more like a class where they're only going to take one guy unless you get later on down the line and the numbers compel you. Are you so you're saying out. running back? Yeah. I'll tell you this, just straight up fact on this. They're going to take two no matter what, every every class that they can oh, on running back. Okay. Just because okay. running Load backs tend to leave and transfer or get injured, and they always want to have depth there. So, yeah, I – you know my source on that, so <laughs> so yeah, yeah. They're gonna take two if they can. If they can, they'll take two. They will always make room for two running backs every class. They they got. Uh, I'll just say this, and this is just from talking to people around Norman. I, what, what what year was it that they? It was twenty twenty, right? 
they never want to end up with 2020 again as far as in 2019 as far as running backs go. Remember, they were down to just two both those years. Literally, yeah. starts. Well, it was because they only got McGowan in the class of 2020, and then they didn't get anybody in the class of 2021 because that was the Kamar Wheaton year. Never want to have that happen again. So they're going to take two. And what DeMarco's done with that running back room is freaking remarkable. Like, you look at that running back room, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's maybe five programs in the country that can say they have a running back room like Oklahoma. Like it is insane how deep they are of talent. Like there isn't a player on that that doesn't have four stars or more. That's insane. That is insane. Like normally you get, what Oklahoma is with running backs is like Bama is with quarterbacks right now where they just get whoever they want at quarterback, no matter who. Sonny. And that's kind of the crazy thing with, with what Levy's doing right now. If, if they end up with Michael Hawkins on the 31st to get somebody of that ilk to follow Jackson Arnold, that's wild. And then, like, he could literally turn around, I kid you not, and have, in 2025, he could have Arnold, Hawkins, and either Grady Adamson or Kevin Sperry on his roster. What? When's the last time Oklahoma had something like that? Yeah, and I'm going <clears> to... <throat> Been a minute, what early 2000s, mid 2000s, when they, they were able to recruit quarterback like that? Yeah, well, I think you can make an argument that they had a similar run 19 to 21 when they got Rattler, Chandler Morris, and then Caleb Williams. But yeah, uh, that was, yeah, this, that's right. There's pure luck, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, and I'll just, I'll just go ahead and say it. And it's not something I've said before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. Kevin Sperry is going to be really, Really freaking good. Mm -hmm. Him and Adamson and are my very favorite. highly ranked. Yep. Agreed. Uh, there's nobody more biased to the Sperry family than this guy. So, like, I, his dad is a friend of mine. Um, our kids play together uh, at C4, and we've started to kind of work together a little bit, or we're working in that to start working together on weekends uh, when AAU basketball, when my kid gets done playing with Buddy Buckets, um, we'll be down there a little bit as well as going to Tulsa. So I've seen that kid and what he does and how he works behind the scenes. He's not, he's not going to be that magnetism guy like Hawk and Arnold with, the surrounding area because he didn't grow up. He's originally from California. So he's, he's going to be one of those dudes that just by name, people are going to be attracted to him. And then they're going to see his work ethic and the type of kid he is. Doesn't get much better than that. And I, I'll, I'll say the same for Grady Adamson, who I know Oklahoma loves. If they go up to Deer Creek, now, his family is Oklahoma State alums and stuff like that. But between him and his little brother, who's like a seventh grader, who's just another stud, um, it would be wise. Ironically, both Sperry and Adamson have seventh grade brothers, eighth grade brothers that are just studs. Just studs. So um, I think it'd be pretty smart. Because you you build a pipeline with one of those families, right? Like you're going to get, it's like a two for one deal. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's a, it's a good move by Le Levy either way. Um, and that's assuming they go after, because they obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, they obviously haven't offered a 25 guy yet. <clears throat> Though I do think by this summer they will have pinpointed their 2025 guy. Because, 
Obviously, we believe they're going to be done with 24. So that means he's going to start throwing offers out for 25 once that's solidified, which totally makes sense. Oh, who, if you were Parker, and, and if you want to see the list, guys, go to OUinsider.com. It is flush with four and five stars and 24 and 25. That will be there this weekend. 30, 30 top kids across the country will be there. And literally from across the country, there's D linemen from California showing up. There's a wide receiver from Georgia showing up. And that's just what we have been able to confirm. So at least through sources or from the kids. So that is how we have accrued this list. And it is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, last night I added a wide receiver or yesterday I added a wide receiver because a source confirmed to me that a four-star wide receiver from Georgia was showing up. Blew my mind. Then when I got the text, <laughs> I was like, what? So, um, yeah, they're doing some work on that recruiting trail right now. And they're all out. They're all out between 28 March or January 28th, March 3rd and March 26th. And then obviously the uh, spring game, you will have four huge visit days throughout the winter and the spring that we will have you fully covered on OU Insider. Fully covered. And they will be huge, huge junior days. So be sure you're caught up on all that. If you love recruiting and want to see what Oklahoma's 2024 and 25 classes are going to look like, we'll have that covered for you. Parker, what... Do you or who, if you were going into this junior day and I had to say outside of Michael Hawkins, who's on commit watch? How many do I have here? Do I got to pick Just like give me three, two, pick three. Okay. Um, Aaron flowers is a yeah. guy that I have a crystal ball prediction in for in favor of Oklahoma really like where OU stands there have for yeah. quite some time. Uh, also he is a very good player Yep, and he is going to rise in the rankings. And if he, uh, he's another... if he, if he, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but if, if he commits to Oklahoma, his training partner is pretty good too. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. And I'll just, I'll steer away from that name yeah. because we've got plenty of, information on that group in particular at ouinsider.com but beyond that i would say flowers is probably tops on my list um i don't people have been saying nigel smith nigel smith isn't committing until late summer he's going to announce on his senior day which is going to be the first game of his senior year as opposed to the last game they're uh they're in the process of putting the finishing touches on a brand new football stadium at Melissa. So first game of his senior year is going to be the first game of that new stadium. And he's going to make his commitment announcement to kind of commemorate the evening. So uh, Nigel Smith is not on that list for me. Um, I would say, where do you think Nigel's going? <clears throat> well, my crystal ball says Oklahoma. So there you go. I just wanted to, I just, I was just throwing a softball up there for you. Go ahead. Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, like, honestly, it's it, it's not a name that's going to take anybody by surprise, but Eli Bowen, I think, is a guy that probably isn't going to take all that long. Um, no. And this is something that we've been saying for months and months and months, Brandon, that if Oklahoma closed on Peyton, which they did, it was overwhelmingly likely that Eli would follow. So uh, he's a guy that I would have on my short list. And then in talking with quite a few folks – it does seem as though a decision is getting pretty close for Peyton Pierce. And I wouldn't necessarily expect that you would get an announcement imminent if he were to commit this week, but I could see a decision being made behind closed doors this weekend and an announcement set for sometime in March, let's say. Not going to Notre Dame? I I do not believe so. Mm -hmm. My belief is that he ends up at Oklahoma. I I tried to bait you right there, dude. I know you did. I, try, I tried to bait I Notre Dame fans. I tried baiting him with your hate. 
your most hated brethren, and he did not bite. <laughs> I know they like me. <laughs> they hate you. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, the duality. Yeah. And we've literally said the same thing, just in different ways. You were more brash than me. <laughs> yes, they don't like my use of gifts, apparently. No. Um. Man, Peyton Pierce, like, obviously, I don't think he's going to announce because he's going to take. He wants to go to some practices, according to what he's told me. Now, I'm with you that I think he's going to Oklahoma. I'm not. I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. Don't care. The kid isn't a, his parents are alums. His grandpa's an alum. His uncle has ran my kid's football league for the last decade. Um, Louis Kerbonic is one of the nicest people in the world, by the way, and gave him a little shout out. You'll probably listen to this too. So, um, he, they when they when Peyton comes up, they stay with his uncle that lives here in Mustang. When they come up to uh, uh, visit Oklahoma, so there's probably a good chance that they'll be around. His cousin, who is Kravonik's kid, who's a really good football player, by the way. Like, honestly, if Venables is still around, is probably one of those walk-ons that Oklahoma takes. Like, he's that good. Or was that good? He was a great player. Um, but it Notre Dame just kind of feels like they're like the parents love, you know, Notre Dame. He called it a special place, all that type of stuff. And I think Notre Dame coaches feel like he's going to Notre Dame. Maybe Silent committed to Notre Dame on a visit, maybe. I don't know. Like, I just don't see that lasting if it did. Just because it's one of those emotional deals, and I think once he gets back to Oklahoma for the 2,000th time, he's going to go, oh, man, I forgot. I love this place. This is my home. You know, And and you got to keep in mind, this is a guy that has grown up an Oklahoma fan. Grew up going to OU Texas every single year, and also their grew lake up, houses in Oklahoma. Uh huh. And also grew up not wanting to attend the University of Oklahoma, despite his fandom, but wanting to attend Clemson to play for Brent Venables. So yeah, that's the weird part. <laughs> and then at the on on top of that, his grandpa played for OU. Mm-hmm. Correct. Is that great grandfather? Great grandfather played at Oklahoma. Like so, it, it's. It's, that's right, Lewis, the grandfather. Okay, that's brother. Right. Brother wrestled at Oklahoma as well. I mean, what are we doing here? It, it just seems like it's a slam dunk, right? It does seem that way, but it's, and... but it but it's it's not it's not coming off like that. That's the weird part about it. It is not like because nationally there's this buzz. The funny thing is, is Steve hasn't followed up with all that, and he's got Wilt Fong. Steve Wilfong, our national recruiting director, hasn't fought, and there's nobody outside of Tom Loy close to Notre Dame the way he is. He hasn't followed up with the crystal ball. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And well, and it it honestly feels like it, you know it's, we're we're drawing we're already drawing this parallel a month later with another elite defensive Peyton, prospect, Peyton. but it feels yeah. like the Peyton Bowen discourse all over again, doesn't it? There are a million and one reasons why it makes all the sense in the world for him to go to Oklahoma. And then you got this Notre Dame buzz steady alongside of it. So Which obviously again the key shows difference. you how, how good of recruiter Freeman is. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. and look, Marcus Freeman's a dang good recruiter. Yep. And this has been known. Um, you cannot take anything away from that guy and what he's been able to do relationally in particular on the recruiting trail right. over the first couple of years that he's been on staff at Notre Dame. You remember, you remember Tyson Ford back in I January do. of 2021 the, the, was going to Oklahoma. He was silent we were, committed to Oklahoma. Yeah. Marcus Freeman literally took the DC job at Notre Dame and within 72 hours of taking the gig had flipped Tyson Ford. 
He's a dude, man. He knows what he's doing. Yep. He's really good on the recruiting trail. And that that is that is essentially, folks, why we are talking about this because the buzz is real. And we understand the buzz is real for Notre Dame. It's just we think Oklahoma is going to overtake that buzz. Similar to the Peyton Bowen situation because of all the connections. And they're deeper than Peyton Bowen's was. And Bowen had some ridiculous connections to Oklahoma where it just seemed like it was just at the end of the day, when you have to sign that piece of paper, even if Peyton Pierce commits to Notre Dame, I still think he signs with OU come national signing day. And I don't think he's a wishy-washy kid. I think he's a straight and arrow. I'm done with it type kid. It's just when you have to put that pen to paper and the finality of the whole situation, it gets to kids. And then they're like, oh, my gosh. Well, and what happens? And it, it, it and not to not to interject here, Brandon, but yeah, what happens ahead. if Peyton Pierce commits to Notre Dame and then nine months from now he's realizing, oh, shoot, Michael Hawkins is going to OU. Nigel Smith is going to OU. Eli Bowen's going to OU. All these guys that I know and have crossed paths on visits with and have good relationships with. Uh, He's really tight with Samuel Masigo as well. Uh, Oh, I didn't know that one. So there you go. Yeah. And so if you, if you get to a point where he starts to realize, okay, all these kids from my area are going to Oklahoma, you know, what could really help seal the deal for OU too, is if they were to offer Parker Livingstone. If they if they offer Parker Livingstone and they push for him and he's in Oklahoma's class as well in 2024, that makes it even harder for Peyton Pierce to go his own way in the end. Well, I think that I agree with you on that, number one. Number two, it just – I don't know. I – it feels like Oklahoma is kind of shutting down. And you know, a player that we're not talking about from that area that I think even potentially could be coming up this weekend with Hawk and Davin Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Zena, Zuumi Zulu. Mm. Like there's, there's some buzz there too. So like it, It's almost as if Oklahoma decided everything north of 121 is still Oklahoma, and they're going to treat it as such. And I've been told that, actually. They literally call it the state of Oklahoma, and they put it in the DFW area and north, and that is where they're trying to lock down everything and make sure those kid, all those kids go to OU. And I think that's – we talked about this on the live last night how they're doing the recruiting and the regional thing and then branching out like the eight hour radius, any, the net eight hours, any direction you grab all the top kids from there. And then you start cherry picking nationally. And we had some kids that were like, Hey, or we kids. Sorry. I just saw an email. We had some, we had some, uh, uh, FBU thing just popped up about, Hey kids, you want some exposure? And I literally read kids as I was talking and it came out. Um, (laughs) so, um, we had some people on our live that were like, well, you can't get defensive linemen. If you focus on Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Missouri, Kansas, it just doesn't happen. And then what do we name? Like 10, 15 dudes and 24 and 25. We're like, they're all like top 150 players in the country. What are you talking about? And some of them were like, like five of them were like top 30 players in the country. David Stone. Yeah, he's at IMG, but he's an Oklahoma kid. True to his heart, Oklahoma. So much so that people are so mad about the Michigan State back-to-back visits that he goes to Twitter and says, guys, Every time I visit Oklahoma and come home, I spend multiple days 
with Coach Bates. Multiple days with Coach Bates. He goes, you all don't know I'm there because I don't advertise it. That's how much I love Oklahoma. And everybody's like, oh, okay, fair enough, you know. Um, you have David Stone, Nigel Smith, Williams Winery, Danny Okoye, who is not going to be a Sooner. Just no, go ahead no, no, no. Davian Sims. Davian Sims. Um, who else am I missing? Zoo, Zenomu Zulu. Uh, hey, Jay Sean Ross. Get to know Jay that Sean name. Ross. Yep, he's visiting this weekend. JT uh, or TJ TJ Lindsay, who will be coming up in March to Oklahoma. I mean, there's so many big names in this region that people are just, and that's just in 24. You have Alex Shield Knight. You've got uh, trying to think in 2025. There's another defense alignment there's two in oklahoma right in 25 oh yeah cj nixon like so people have to get it out of their mind like you can get sec level talent in your backyard in your backyard you got it you, you got some dudes from oklahoma that are really good on oklahoma's defensive front that are young right now and one that just transferred in from oklahoma state that's from santa fe so like it can happen it can happen Jalen Redmond was your best D lineman last year. Where's he from? Midwest City, Oklahoma. It happens. Anyways, I digress. For me, the three commits or guys on commit watch, I guess, is you know, you you said Aaron Flowers, Eli Bowen, so you kind of took took the uh and Peyton Pierce and you took the easier ones, but I'm going to go Bryant Wesco, four-star wide receiver, Adam and Lothian. Parents played at Oklahoma, ran track, all that type of stuff. I think one played soccer, one ran track, right? Like mom played soccer, dad ran track or something like that to that extent. I don't know the uh, whole I'm trying to, backstory. Yeah. Something, both of them are. I think, I think they grads. both, I think they both ran track. I think that's what it was. Okay. Regardless, both are OU alums. Kid grew up loving Oklahoma. I think his sister goes to OU, something to that extent. Um, there's also a five-star wide receiver that's going to be there that his sister goes to OU. And if you want to know the name, you can go to OUinsider.com. Little, little tease there. Um, I don't think Zadavian Sims is going to commit now. <clears throat> But I'm going to put a crystal ball in for him here pretty quick. And here's my reasoning. I talked to somebody that would know, and I said, what about this Michigan State? He goes, I don't think he ends up that far away from home. He loves Coach Bates. His mom loves Coach Bates. That's probably her favorite coach. And this person thinks that at the end of the day, Sims goes to OU. And this person would probably know. I'll just say that. So that's where I'm going. He 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 kind of giggles with the crystal balls to Michigan State at this point. He thinks they love Michigan State. But that's just really hard for them to get back and forth to all the time. And so, you know, there there is some there is reason to to think that. Sims at some point, and I, I don't know if he'll do it this spring, but I think by June I could see Sims a part of the Oklahoma class. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And Dur- I think, you know, it's, Go for I it. think we talked about this back when the Michigan State crystal balls first started flying in, and how interesting yeah. is it that we're about to have crystal ball wars? For two of the nation's top defensive linemen, both out of the state of Oklahoma in yep. David Stone and Zadavian Sims. Uh, but one of the things that we talked about when the crystal balls first went in is, look, especially with Zadavian Sims family dynamic. Is he re- even if he were to commit to Michigan State, is he really a guy that's going to arrive at the early signing window? come time to put pen to paper and be willing to move all the way across the country from his brothers and sisters. He's got several like that. 
that to me, I think is, is the biggest deal though. I will say his mom really loves Tucker. Like Mel Tucker and her pre tight makes sense. But when you start dealing with location, when you start dealing with all those type of variables, uh, family, just comfortability to be able to drive back and forth home. Things start to change in your mind a little bit when reality starts to set in. Uh, Caden Durham is another one who will be at Oklahoma this weekend. One of the top running backs in the country out of Duncanville was the MVP of the state title game uh, when Duncanville won their first state title. And well-deserved, by the way. Well, well, well-deserved state title for one of the GOATs in coaching um, in the state of Texas. I He's originally from Oklahoma. Obviously, he's from Moore, Oklahoma, originally. And he just moved down there, what, two years ago? Something to that extent, like two, three years ago. It, he he played high school in Oklahoma first, right? He was a freshman at Southmore, correct? Is that how that works? I I don't think so. I think he played in more until <clears throat> until high school. I think okay. high school was when he made the move down to. Okay, DMW. so so two years ago he made the move to, uh, Duncanville, and he loves him. He's got family in Norman and Moore and Oklahoma City and. All his close, a lot of his close friends are still in this area because he comes back up quite a bit. So I like Oklahoma here. The the team though that there's only one program that actually is to worry about here, and that's Alabama. And Oklahoma, Alabama fights haven't really turned out very well for Oklahoma over the last few years. But this is one of those where the connections are so deep. DeMarco Murray's doing the recruiting, and you got a kid that grew up watching DeMarco play for you the Dallas Cowboys. You know why he wears number 29? Because of DeMarco Murray. Yep. There you go. That's where I was getting at, actually. Um, <clears throat> that was that. I was following that up with the DeMarco stuff. But, yes, he wears 29 because of DeMarco Murray. So, I like Oklahoma here. I do. I don't know that he's going to commit. You know, I think by April or May, he could be a part of the class. I think June at the latest. But I think it's trending really well for OU at this point. Ironically, and lastly for me, is safety Jaden Hardy out of Louisville, Texas. Never visited OU. This is his first visit. And I'll tell you this. Whatever Oklahoma's doing with him, having never visited OU before, they're in they're the leader. They're the leader for Jaden Hardy. Straight up, yeah. I can 100 percent tell you for a fact, leader. <clears throat> it's a if you know the David Stone backstory and how many times David Stone tried to commit to OU in the last 24 months or last 12 months, 14 months before he was held off by family and told, wait, 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 wait. And then that's why you see all this Michigan state buzz now with this. It's more like trying to word this delicately. Let's see what you think of this place before something happens. How about that? So I love how you've been frozen like that, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it that is essentially how, how it is right now. Like Jaden Hardy and Oklahoma are in a really, really good spot. There is... It, honestly, if I was to pick one person to pull the trigger, not named Michael Hawkins in the next week, it would be Jaden Hardy. Straight up. 
You heard it here first. So if he does end up doing it, hi. <laughs> we will we will bookmark it. We will blow this clip up on social media. There you go. Uh, okay. So those are my guys that I have on commit watch. And then those are some really good players. You you start with that. You start moving up in the top 10, 5 to 10 ranking really quick in 2024 if you land a few of those guys really quickly. Because not a lot of 24 kids are committed right now. It's just not what they do. Quarterback is the one position that you want to commit early because there's only one spot. But outside of that, it's you've got to you know, weigh your options for the most part. And I think that's why you see Michael Hawkins trying to solidify it. I think the second they offer, and here's the crazy part is, there's a world that Oklahoma takes two quarterbacks in this class. Um, I can't see Parker's face, so I'm waiting for him to actually um, give me a reaction here. Parker already knows this because I told him what I'd heard the other day. But there's a world where Oklahoma would take two quarterbacks. And I think it would have to be Walker White to do it. Not Walter White, Walker White. But, and he's a quarter, four-star quarterback at a Little Rock Christian Academy that Oklahoma offered, I think it was last week. And then I, you, you saw that, and then a few days later, Hawkins kind of pulled out of his announcement of the commitment and then deleted that tweet real quick. So there is a world that Oklahoma takes two quarterbacks and I can see why they would want to do that just because of transfer portal, but there's no way you land two quarterbacks in a class following Jackson Arnold. It's not going to happen. You're lucky to get one in today's world. You just, that's the reality of the fact. It's hard enough to get two quarterbacks in any class. It's all the more difficult to get two quarterbacks, at least two quarterbacks worth their salt. Yeah. In a class that immediately follows a cycle where you got arguably the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. Bama did it, but they, they did it with guys that I'm not real big. Holstein fan, but that's just me. You've watched him throw, right? Holstein, yeah. It's a weird throw motion, man. It's weird. I he just he just wasn't that accurate at the Elite Eleven. He was not very good there. And I'm not hating on a kid. I'm just telling you what I thought. He just wasn't very good. And it was literally the consensus across the board that he was not very good at that camp. But he is a good player. He kind of reminds me of Tim Tebow a little bit with his frame, just big, burly guy that can move around a little bit and has a odd throwing motion. Can't remember if he's left-handed or not, though. All I can remember is just the throwing motion. He's not left-handed. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Like in my head, he's right-handed. So I was hoping, but I, I you know, in your head when you envision somebody and it's not, they're not throwing with the right, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the right hand in your head. So, all right. Um, let's talk a little Jeff Levy. Wah, wah, wah. We go from good news to oh, more good news because obviously if Michael Hawkins is keeping his commitment date, that would seem to bode well for Oklahoma and Jeff Levy, correct? It sure would. It sure would. Yeah. I And go ahead. I, it's kind of it's kind of obnoxious, Brandon, that we're still having to have this conversation. No doubt. In late January, hopefully Alabama just hires their new offensive coordinator expediently here, so we can be rid of this forever. But ready? Just, just look at this from a purely optical standpoint. Does Alabama strike you as the type of team that's ever going to run Jeff Lebby's tempo offense under the guidance of Nick Saban? No, no, and look, here's the other thing, and I told you this, that I was told by a source that would 100% know this. When you coach under Saban, 
he is he is so football savvy and smart. Probably the smart out of Bill outside of Bill Belichick. There's nobody smarter on either side of the ball, by the way, than this man walking the face of the earth. Just not. And I'm not trying to belittle the Venables of the world that are football geniuses and defensive geniuses, the Sean McVeighs of the world, the Lincoln Rileys of the world, the you know the gurus of what they do. Or Kirby Smart. But when you coach under Nick Saban, you run his offense and you run his defense. He's got a playbook for both. And you will abide by those playbooks. You can add, you can tinker, you can do little things here and there. But Levy's offense is so starkly different than anything Bama has ever run that it's hard for me to believe that even Levy would do that. Go in there and be like, yeah, I'm going to scrap what I've always known and go run what this guy does. One, that's hard to do because you already know, you know what you know and you know the system that you know. I know that's very redundant, but it's like when you go to your job, you've been doing something this way for 20 years and somebody walks up and says, nah, man, we're going to do it this way because this is how I've always done it. And you got to learn this now. And then you got to teach everybody what you just learned because I'm going to put you in charge. You're starting from square one. Now, all route trees, concepts, all that, they're all similar. But the verbiage, do they zone block? Do they man-on-man block? Do they scheme block? I mean, there's so many different things that you have to learn. So many things you have to learn. How many steps does this dude need to take to do this? What's your what's your look here, here, and here? And why does does your quarterback have to look here, here, and here? Like, just to break it down to the studs, Parker is for an offensive coordinator to learn and then have to teach. That's why you go grab the Bill O'Brien because he run Saban runs such a the verbiage is all pro and all that type of stuff, like NFL stuff, and and Oklahoma has that, but it's. It's just very different in how they go about things. And like you said, the tempo. I just can't see. It's hard enough with Venables and wrapping your head around Venables having that as an OC, right? Let alone Saban. So there's that. Then you have to add in the fact that he just moved his family. To, he's Oklahoma's his alma mater. They went six and seven last year. He's not going to leave his alma mater. In my opinion, he's not going to leave his alma mater looking like that. And I was told that by numerous sources, like he just can't get himself to walk away and leave his alma mater the way it is right now. Then you add the fact that he's so Jackson Arnold was so loyal to you after Georgia. People don't know this. Georgia came pushing for Jackson Arnold. And if you think he wasn't listening, you're naive. Levy had to hold off Georgia behind the scenes. We never spoke of it. We never talked about it publicly because there was no point in doing that. And because Jackson would look us square in the eye and be like, talking to him, but I'm not going anywhere because I love Levy. And he ended up signing with Oklahoma, so there's nothing to worry about at that point. But he stayed loyal to Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel came back to play for Jeff Levy. He could have went somewhere else. You just, you have to think about all these things when it comes to, so that's all. I'm just kind of lining this out for y'all. Parker, do you want to add anything to all that? No, not particularly. Um, I don't know if there is much to add at this point. Um, Levy, in all likelihood, is not going to Alabama, and I think it would take. Bama's a still coming though; they're still trying. From no, mind. sure, sure, there. I think it would take a monumental sum of money. But here's here's my concern. His next step is as a head coach, by the way. That right. is, and I, yeah. yeah, exactly. I brought I brought this up. 
here's here's my angle on the whole thing. Yes, I think Lebby's next move is to be a head coach, but Lebby and Kendall Bryles are very much in the same boat in that anytime they change occupations, anytime they change jobs, what's going to instantly happen is all the social media discourse about their history at Baylor is going to get dredged up again. That's just even that's though just they were part of it. Yeah, and there's no there's no getting around it. And obviously, it's just they. For the most part, it was a case of wrong place, wrong time, and everybody who had their names attached to that whole scandal, however tangential the connection may have been, that's always going to be something that yeah. uh, follows them around for better or worse. And so, if you're Jeff Levy, and you understand, especially having watched Kendall Bryles go through all of that last week when he was announced as TCU's next offensive coordinator. Are you going to be willing to put yourself through all of that for a lateral move that's probably going to be a one or two year stopover until you're a head coach? Mm-hmm. For so many reasons, it just makes sense to maintain continuity right now at Oklahoma until he's ready for whatever head coaching opportunity suits his fancy. And I think it will be a power five opening. And I do think power five suitors will come calling as soon as next off season for Jeff Levy. He's going to have no shortage of options. Yep. And He's I be also able to believe... wait on not just a opportunity, mm-hmm. but the right opportunity. Right. No, I totally agree. Everything you just said. I also believe that Oklahoma is going to make it difficult for it to be anything other than, I I keep throwing Missouri out Missouri or a, um, I don't know, uh, Oregon state or, uh, um, trying to throw out power five jobs that could come up, maybe an old miss. If Kiffin decides to leave those type of, no, it actually wouldn't be old miss because there's a lot of disdain there in Oxford for Levy because of him leaving to Oklahoma. Um, Vanderbilt maybe could be one. I wouldn't take that job if I was him, but is Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt, they probably have another two or three seasons. I would think with where that program's at and where they're going before they even start to think about a coaching change. And I don't think right now that's on the horizon. Clark Lee's done a good maybe job NC state. Yeah. NC state's going one. In the right direction. Yeah, NC State's one, right? Like, well, I think that comes down to what's what's the next move for Dave Doran because mm-hmm. that's a guy whose name gets thrown around for big time vacancies every single off season. Um, if you're talking about a job that could come open, no, that's what I mean because I think Doran, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know how much longer he stays at NC State before he tries. Yeah, well, to make exactly, exactly. So yeah, if there's a vacancy. Sure. Um, I think VA, maybe. Yeah, you also got to look at jobs locally in places that Levy would probably have some familiarity. Oklahoma State. That's actually that's 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 not what I was thinking, but it's viable. It is viable. It is viable. I'll say that much. Maybe Arkansas at some point if Pittman doesn't shape up here after this they past love season. Pittman in Arkansas, man. I, I know they do, it. but they're also worried about what's going on there right now because the coaches are leaving and the players are leaving. You know what I mean? I, I had, I, I'm going to, I'm going to sanitize it, but I had a recruit tell me, this past week oh, I know that the situation that, right? at Arkansas is a crap show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not, good. not great. <laughs> like we were like trying to figure out how to get away from this, this conversation, like right now, because <laughs> people are going to be like, well, do y'all want to dive into why it's a crap show? No, we do not. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the, the this levy situation, it's it it's it's almost exhausting because he's not gonna and Jeff is one of the nicest people in the world and know him, have known him since he was at Baylor, actually. So I've known him for a long time. But um 
<laughs> this whole situation is exhausting, bro. Like just it's exhausting because every day there's something else of oh, levy this, levy that, levy this, levy that. And we're like, dudes, like he's telling everybody in Norman, I am not going anywhere. So as long as that is taking place, we're going to trust him. And I know people are like, well, you trusted Lincoln Riley too when he said he wasn't going to LSU. He didn't go to LSU. Now, we didn't know that that was like he was playing, you know, look over here while he was messing around with something over there, you know, slide a hand type deal. But it is what it is. Not everybody makes moves like that. And I just can't see Lebby making a move like that, to be honest. He's pretty forthright in everything that he does. It's not like Lincoln Riley where a dude has a broken ankle and he says, oh, it's a mild sprain. He could be day-to-day. And then you find out he's out for the season. You know, like, he doesn't do that type of stuff. So he's pretty upfront about everything that he does. You got to trust when he's you hear he's telling people, I'm sticking around, that he's going to stick around. And I still, like I said, I heart back to this. It's got to be, he doesn't want to leave his alma mater like that. So, I don't know. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much can conclude this episode of the OU Insider under the visor Sooners podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Brought you all quite a bit of information and talked a lot about things that you guys wanted us to talk about. Uh, if you're not, subscribe to this channel, YouTube channel. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Where are we at as far as numbers go? Do you know? About 8,500 subscribers There right you now. go. Get us to nine. We just started this thing like four months ago. Get us to 9,000. We would love for you all to get us to 10,000. 10,000 in six months is our goal. Let's do it, folks. OU fans, you guys are always good for a follow. So follow us. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're going to bring content all offseason. Uh, we're going to try to be as creative as can be. So follow us, follow us, follow us. If you're not a member of OU Insider VIP, you're missing out. There's a reason thousands and thousands and thousands have signed up. Since 2008, 18, excuse me, since 2018, we are eight times larger than we were when I got hired and obviously when Parker came around in 2020, 2021-ish. So, man, we're growing like a weed, and that's all thanks to you guys. You guys make that happen. We can't thank you guys enough. Uh, it's $1 for the first month, $9.95 af- afterwards if you want to go month to month. Or $75, which is 30% off the original price, which is like 109 110 bucks or something like that. off right now. $75 gets you a whole year. And then after, and I'm going to accentuate after the year, you get Paramount Plus. So you stay with us for a year. And then when you re-sign up, you get Paramount Plus for free. 2,000 movies and all the shows that you want. 1883, Kings of America, Kingstown, 1923 or 33. I can't remember what it is. Um... I think Yellowstone's actually going to move over to Paramount Plus from Peacock, potentially, from what I understand. So you get all the Yellowstone. You get Top Gun Maverick. You get the original Top Gun. You get any movie that's made by Paramount or Viacom or any subsidy that they own goes right to Paramount Plus. Any, all the NCISs, all that stuff, if it's CBS, if it's Cartoon Network, if it's MTV, if it's whatever... It's on Paramount Plus, and you get live sports. It is so worth it. Plus, you get all of 24-7 sports and OU Insider. Every website that 24-7 sports across the board, all 250. It's worth it. Only 75 bucks. And you get daily VIP notes from us. You get to talk to us all the time. get to talk to our national guys, Steve Wolfong, Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, all that. It's so worth it. All right. Sign up. We'd love to see you on there. 
Hope you guys have a blessed day. That's going to do it for this version of the OU Insider under the visor Sooners podcast. For Parker Thune, my name is Brandon Drum. You guys have a blessed day. on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.